honey on my lips. The psalmist said in Psalm 19 verse 10 about the word of God that it is sweeter than honey. Join Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills. Life has a way of dishing out to us things that we did not expect. Sometimes it's a dream that seems to be delayed. Many times you see a man, you know, he has a good job, he's a cool dude, his suit is smart, and you think when I marry him, everything will be together. The unexpected is unexpected from our perspective, but from God's perspective, it is not unexpected. On Sweet Melodies 94.3, as she puts the honey of God's word on your lips, equipping you for all facets of life this and every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Honey on my lips will change your life, preach good news to the poor, set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, bring recovery of sight to the blind, and proclaim God's year of jubilee. Honey on my lips. Mmm. Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Sweet Melodies. Blessed by God as you tune in to Lady Reverend Adelaide Pewart Mills. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that this is not just a social gathering, but your word says that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. Heavenly Father, I beseech you for your presence. For Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, send us not forth. This morning, Lord, let your presence be here. Let your unction, your anointing, the grace to speak, let it be here. For Paul said, I labored more abundantly than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God. Let the grace abound unto this vessel, so that I may be a blessing to your people. Lord, I pray that you will anoint these lips. I pray that lives will be changed forever. I pray that we'll have an encounter with Jesus. I pray that Jesus will be lifted up so that men will be drawn to him. Thank you for your grace, your anointing, and the honor of being a vessel you've chosen to use. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. My topic this morning is how to be spiritually attractive. Amen how to be spiritually attractive. Now, even this morning, I was reading on BBC that because of social media, a lot of young people are now buying a lot of makeup from South Korea. And the reason why they are buying a lot of makeup from South Korea is the they said that the philosophy of South Korea is that they will treat the skin before they will do the makeup. Unlike the West, that comes with the philosophy that the makeup will cover blemishes. They start by, there shouldn't be any blemishes, and then after that, we do the makeup. And then the article also said that makeup among South Korean men is very, very popular. Because I have been thinking that it's uh, this evil generation of gay things that's making men want to be like women. But they are saying that the male industry of makeup in South Korea is also very, very attractive. 
and that who knows with time it may catch up. Now, Lady Reverend, why are you going into all that? Because we spend so much time to look good outwardly. And we invest so much to look attractive. Amen. Especially the sisters. Sisters, am I lying? We can go and braid our hair at some faraway place. The road is impassable. Cars don't go there. We will park. We will cross the gutter. Sometimes it's even rained. The bridge is feeble. But you will risk your life to go there. Because you have heard that that hairdresser, she's very, very, very powerful. Sometimes we'll risk our lives. And after we've sat there, they'll say that the star we are doing or the rasta we are doing is so much that we should come back the next day. And we will gladly come back the next day. And after we have done it, we will also buy from a table next door some paracetamol or parapanadol. Because when you finish, you say you have headaches. And some of us even buy brufin to cure our pain. Because it's all in the pursuit of being outwardly attractive and outwardly beautiful. And when that happens, we don't complain. We go gladly, we go happily, and when even we see somebody, we are thinking, is her hair from Peru, Brazil, or Choco? And all our meditation and our mind is on that. Some of us spend forever in front of the mirror correcting things. This generation likes to learn about makeup from YouTube and become makeup artists. God is not against your outward, but God is against our having an imbalance in our lives. Amen. I used to think that only women are vain. Yes, women are, women are at another level, but brothers also. When you have to go for an interview or somewhere important, you'll be thinking, I have to shave my beard. I have to trim it. And I realize that you don't even just go to any barber. You choose your barber. For us, when we look at you, the hairstyle is the same. But you, you think it's different. And you will travel from wherever to go to a barber who will make you look good. So looking outwardly attractive, we seem not to need any exhortation or any uh, prodding to be like that. So we invest so much in this body that will be put in the earth and eaten by maggots and we neglect the inner man. Amen. And so the topic, how to be spiritually attractive, tells us that spiritually also you can be attractive. Amen. And that spiritual attraction is to lead many to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But even apart from that, just like attraction often brings you good things, attraction in the spirit also brings some blessings away. Amen. Now, most Christians have given their lives to Christ. But unfortunately, we live more in the flesh than in the spirit. And that is what I would call carnality. Amen. We are very, very, very carnal. Every human being is carnal to some extent because you are guided by your five senses. The sense of sight, hearing, uh, smelling, touching, 
That's the fifth one. Anyway, the five senses. But as a child of God, you cannot afford to just be led by your five senses in this life that God has brought you into. Amen, somebody. So how can we then, although we are in the flesh, become spiritual beings? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. How to be spiritually attractive. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I do hope you know where it is. Because you must know the word of God. Amen. More than you know Adam News. More than you know the presenters on the famous radio stations. Because the word of God it's not a table knife. It's not a bread knife. It's not even a, a pen knife. Ephesians six seventeen says, Wherefore, taking also unto you the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And many of us in our fights, we don't take the word of God. You take table, cloth, table knife, fish knife. If you know a fish knife, it's very blunt. Uh, butter knife. But that is not what kills the enemy. It's the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Amen. This morning also I read, I have this bite-sized BBC. So after my quiet time and all that, I go through to see what's happening in the world. And it said that the Justice Kavanaugh, who has been elected to the Supreme Court as a, a conservative judge, there was a lot of back and forth about him. And they said that witches have met in New York, BBC News, to place a hex over him. And people have joined and given contributions so that he will not do well as a judge. And so that he will be exposed more and he will be destroyed. Witches are openly having a convention. Witches are openly having a conference. And they have openly come on BBC News today 21st of October 2018 to say that they are putting a hex over him and that very soon we will see the signs. And then Christians are sleeping in the night, prayerless, fightless, unconcerned, and concerned only about that which is outward. When I saw it, I said that I pray that the Christians in America are standing in the gap for this guy. Because for witches not to like you, it means that you are on God's side. He that is not with me is against me. Amen. And usually witches do their things in secret. But for them to come out for a worldwide media house like BBC to report it, I said, my God, you want to open our eyes into the realm of the spirit. And as we are looking at our lace, our hairdos, our lipsticks. These things don't scare demons. It is the spiritual things that scare away demons. Amen, somebody. <clears throat> and I pray that we will become spiritually attractive. I'll go to King James. I just want to change my version. Um, yes. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, 
even as unto even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not then carnal? Amen. Why am I reading about carnality? Because the opposite of spirituality is carnality. And it's also noteworthy that Paul was writing to Christians. He said, and I, brethren, not unbelievers, and I, brethren, could not write unto you as unto spiritual. The book of Corinthians, Paul said that, I know you, the church in uh, for Corinthians, you come behind in no gifts. The gifts of the spirit, whatever. They don't come behind, but they were kind of. So he said, I, brethren, I could not write to you as unto spiritual. I have to write to you as I'm speaking to carnal people. People who dwell in the flesh. People who are not spiritual. People who are not controlled by the spirit. People who don't walk in the spirit. People who don't live in the spirit. Those are the type of people I'm writing to. And then he gives us <laughs> some key things that show us whether you are carnal or not. Amen. He says, I could not first of all speak to you as unto spiritual. The first mark as to whether you are spiritual or carnal is whether you can be spoken to in a spiritual way. You see, the things of God look very ordinary. And the powerful things that God uses, they look ordinary. Because often, they come clothed in ordinary ways. Jesus was born with swaddling clothes. You, you, you can't recognize him. If he's a king, why didn't God make him come in a palace? But that's God's way. Most of the things that God does, they don't look shiny. They don't look shimmery. And then they don't look like they are going anywhere to happen. When I look at Lighthouse Chapel, that's how I can see. Because it started, it started with five members praying at Kolegono Beach. And we were on a little corridor. Downstairs was a, quite an established church. And upstairs was this group of very few students, five, believing God and saying that they are a church. But it is only the spiritual eye that continues what God has told you to do. Amen. So when such a ministry is starting, and then God touches your heart to be a part, or such a ministry is starting, you get born again in that ministry, you can easily despise it if you are carnal. Because you can't see. You are not deep spiritually. Amen. So I could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as babes. I have to speak to you as babies. Because the depth is not there. Being spiritual is a decision. Once you become born again, you decide whether you want to be spiritual 
or not. So the ability to be spoken to. Sometimes you are corrected in the church. You can't take it. You are not spiritual. Paul said, it is reported commonly among you that there is fornication in the church. And when I come, I'll deal with it. But in this present day church, if you deal with it, you will lose all the people. Because we are not spiritual. We are carnal. You cannot call somebody and say, why are you staying with an unbeliever? It's my own life, pastor. I make my own decisions. And you cannot tell me what you are doing, what you are saying. You cannot even bring the word of God to me. Paul said, I could not speak to you. I could not speak to you as spiritual people. Even when you look on your phone, when I wake up in the morning, I look at some of the platforms which are not necessarily Christian. Everybody shares morning devotion. Everybody. Pasted from here, pasted from here, pasted from here. But it has not solved our carnality. Because the word of God has to be digested. It has to be eaten before it goes into our bodies and becomes a transformational thing. Amen, somebody. Ask the person next to you, can you be spoken to? Some of you, even when we meet, what do we talk about? And then this man bought a Benz, and then I went here, and then the latest gossip in the church, and the, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in your heart? Because sometimes when I meet my friends, I'll say, hey, Charlie, God did some wild thing. Or that I was going through some wild thing. And then I remembered, you know, James 1, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That was my quiet time this morning. And I was asking God, hey, so the temptations, God, there's variety in it, diverse. So as I've shared my quiet time, when I go to church later today, Somebody comes to me, Lady Reverend, what I'm going through, this. And I said, you know, James 1, 2 says, count it all joy when you go through diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and sincere, wanting nothing. See, the woman is very powerful. It's just quiet time. It's just quiet time. The little bite sizes of staying in his word. The little bite sizes since youth, when God graciously touched my life, the little bite sizes of scripture will make you develop spiritual muscles. And then you become spiritually attractive. Amen. I preach at certain places and then when there's question and answer, if it's a long conversation, people write to say, Lady Reverend, I want to quote scripture like you. I want to preach the word like you. And I said, oh, just be an ordinary Christian. Spend time with God every morning because you need it. Not because you have to take that today, I've read my Bible, but because without him, you can do nothing. Amen. Amen. And then you won't even know that you, you are making an investment. You are just growing without knowing. And then your heart becomes abundant and you can speak it. Can somebody speak to you about spiritual things? The person says, oh, I've met this dashing man, very handsome, very well endowed, very rich, hmm. but he's not born again. Can she speak to you and after that, you will spiritually have touched her life. Or you say, hey, 
Christian brothers, you saw Munishi. A lot of us are not spiritual. So we are not spiritual before we even become spiritually attractive. Amen. Ability to be spoken to. Can anybody speak into your life? And when they speak, does it make a difference? When they speak, do you decide to change direction? Because Esther, when she went to the palace, like most of us, she had forgotten where she came from. Now when you ask her, she'll say, do, do I know you? She used to live in a ghetto with all of us. But now that she has gone into the palace, you may meet her and say, Esther, how is it? Do I know you? Incident in Then Mordecai said to her, Esther, we have a problem. You have to try and get involved. She said, You made Mordecai. You see, I am in the palace. You are at the gates. Being at the gates is different from being in the palace. So you don't know protocol. And you are not enlightened. You are not enlightened. You don't know some things. So you think that in the palace, no? you just go and you speak to the king. Let me tell you something. Unless the king has called you, you cannot go. And then she said, oh, take these clothes to Mordecai so that he would change. You know, he's wearing sackcloth and ashes, walking within the gate, crying and all that. Take clothes to him so that he would change what he is wearing. The, the solution was not what Mordecai was wearing. Because you, Esther, you are a Jew. And you know that sackcloth and ashes means we are calling on the Lord. It means we are in a dire straits and God must come through for us. But you, we, since God lifted you up small, when you are And then Mordecai sends back to her and says, think not that you will escape as any of the Jews. And that who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Think not. Think not. Carnality or spirituality begins with the way you think. Amen, somebody. So Mordecai said to Esther that the main thing that must change about you is the way you think about spiritual things. The way you think about what is happening. The way you think about the destiny of the Jews. Think not that if you don't help, deliverance will arise from another place. And then what does Esther do? She changes her mind immediately. You, when the word of God comes, do you change your mind immediately? Amen, somebody. Amen. When the word of God comes, it's not always pleasant. Oh? Sometimes I say, forgive this person. It's not easy. You say, uh, Pastor, I'll forgive, but I'll not forget. I went to preach in our church in Aoshi on Wednesday evening. And then the lady pastor was introducing me. I was telling my husband this morning, he was laughing so much. And she said, this lady, years ago when we were in Kolegono, I came to see Bishop Saki. And then she was in the office with Bishop Saki. And then Bishop Saki said to she, the lady pastor, oh, go ahead with what you are saying. And then she, the lady pastor, told Bishop Saki, oh, I don't want first lady to be here. This is she talking. I don't even remember. So I don't want first lady to be in my meeting. We are all pastors. Do you go to the hospital and you tell another doctor who is consulting with another doctor to see you that I don't want this doctor to be here. But in the church, we misbehave. So she said that she said that and, and she said, church, 
What touched me was her humility. I've forgotten, but she reminded me. So this morning, I also reminded my husband. We laughed. And she said, what touched me was her humility. She quietly took her bag and all that she had and just left the office. And after that, she traveled and she even brought me a gift. That thing has stayed with me up to today. That's what the lady pastor who was introducing me was saying. I didn't remember. But I am sure that at the time it happened, she seemed to think that I coolly took my bag and left. But I am sure that it wasn't an easy thing to do. And I was thinking, these church members, they can be very disrespectful. But it takes the spirit of God to minister to you, to say, be calm, be cool. It doesn't matter. Amen. It takes the word of God, which says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So that he, otherwise there will be Sayo in the office. Say, Rade, who buy a metiha? pastana. How dare you say I should work out? You are a member and I am the pastor's wife. Okay? So let me tell you one or two things. Is it because you are a superwoman? No. But Paul said, the word of God, it constrains you. It controls you. You, what controls you? Esther was able to change her mind. And she changed her message. She said, go and tell Mordecai to fast and pray for me. And my maidens and I will also fast and pray. And I'll go into the king. And if I perish, I perish. Somebody who changes her mind like day and night to conform to God's will is not a carnal person. That person is a spiritual person. Amen. But what do we see in our churches? We preach to you every day. You don't change your. Every day, weekday service, teaching, convention, some assaulting. You never change. You are as you are. And the world is not affected. The world looks say, hey, Christopopuni, then me. I'm even better off. Because we don't change. And when the preaching is coming, we fight it in our thoughts. Amen. Anyway, Paul said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Your ability to be spoken to as a spiritual person or a carnal person determines who you are. And then he says, I spoke to you as babes in Christ. As babies, babies, babies in Christ. So the second mark of not being spiritual, and therefore you will not graduate to being spiritually attractive, is like you are a babe in Christ. You got to know Christ long ago, but you haven't developed. When we have children in the natural, every stage has a development feature that we must see, isn't it? They said at six weeks they smile. At three months, their head gets stable. Get it to nine months, ten months, they start to crawl. Around one, they should walk. So if these signs don't happen, we get worried. We start to intercede. We start to take them around for help. Why? Because we know that something is dangerously wrong. But spiritually, a lot of us, we have grown, but we are babies. Amen? Paul says, if you are not spiritual, you are a baby. How do babies behave? 
everything they cry. Oversensitivity. The Christian life is not for softies. Amen. Amen. That is why Paul said, be strong in the Lord. Because it is hard. Ministry is hard. The Christian life is hard. The call of God is hard. Marriage is hard. Going to school is hard. Working is hard. Parenting is hard. Or do you know anything that's soft? So when you are a baby, you haven't developed. And some of us, we have developed academically. Like I always say, our degrees are more than on the thermometer. Degree in this, degree in this, degree in this, but you are very carnal and unspiritual. Because academy, academia doesn't solve spirituality. That is why sometimes when people go to seminary, they come back rather carnal and backslidden. Because academia is not the spirit. The spirit is faith. Amen? The spirit is spiritual. So if you are a baby, from this meeting, begin to grow. Paul said that the next stage is that, the next feature is that if you are not spiritual, you are fed with milk. You are fed with milk. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto were you not able to bear it. Amen. So what you can bear determines whether you are grown up or not. Amen, somebody. Paul said, when I'm feeding you, I have to give you potom potom. I have to give you milk. I have to give you serilac. I can never give you nani. I can never give you real kebab, meat. Why? Because you don't have the features for it. Babies don't have teeth. That is why we give them the food we give them at a certain stage. But at a certain stage, they are so, supposed to be weaned off the milk to have strong meat. The Christians of today like only milky sermons. I see you prosper. I see your star rising. I see God lifting you up. I see you marrying. But the marriage that you are going to marry, you need a lamp to your feet. You need a light to walk with. And the light and the lamp you don't have. So as I bless you that I see you marrying, these days we have a Marriages of short, short spans. Amen? Instant marriage, instant divorce. Six months, nine months, 12 months. People come and see me. Lady Reverend, I'm tired. Hey, six months, what bread? I thought you received the blessing. I see you marry, you received it. But you didn't have the teeth to eat the strong meat of marriage. Amen, somebody. The Bible has given us a, test, um, a prophecy. It says that they that shall marry shall have trouble in the flesh. Not that they, they that shall marry a poor man, they that shall marry a man who doesn't know God, they that shall marry... When you, don't marry, when you marry a man who doesn't know God, your things are even more. Or who doesn't fear God, your things are even more. But it says that they that shall marry, period, shall have trouble in the flesh. And he goes to explain, he said, because... Now, not only are you battling with pleasing God, 
you're also battling with pleasing your spouse. That's what Paul said. So it's a prophecy. Amen. So if it says you will have trouble in the flesh, and then you, your only marriage preparation is color scheme, wedding cake, events, decor, whatever. How will it stand? On what foundation? Milk. Internet. Social media. Things that are not light. Things are, that are not spirit and life. Those are what you are. The next mark of being a, a carnal and unspiritual Christian is that you just feed on milk. Amen. We are all carnal because we are in the flesh. But when that is what controls you, then there's a problem. The ability to endure or bear it and stay in that way for a long time is a sign of spirituality. Amen. Because Paul said that I do not give you strong meat because you are not able to bear it. Amen. You were not able, neither yet now. Some time ago, you were not able to bear it. We understood you were a new Christian. But now, you have sat under the feet of the master for a long time. You have sat under the feet of your pastor for a long time. But you can't bear it. Ability to endure is a sign of spirituality. What does the Bible say? Be thou faithful unto death. It's not from the beginning. Unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Amen. So endurance is part of Christianity. What have you survived? What have you been through? When small thing happens to the church, I'm going to my Roman. Really? Really? You are not able to bear the word. Because it's not every time the word will be milk. It's not every time it will be prosperity. It's not every time it will be impartation of blessings. Sometimes it will be the cross. Sometimes it will be pain. And sometimes it will be tears. But the spiritual Christian can bear it. And that is what we don't have. Love suffers long long and it's kind it's not in the movie the movie will never tell you that love suffers in the first place so when you marry and you suffer a little say this is not what I bargained for but I thank God the Bible eh? Sons of Solomon to me is the most romantic of any novel you can read but God will always tell you the truth we are watching movies and looking at movies to direct our lives and our marriages. Especially young people. Your meditation is not on the way though. Your meditation is on social media. Instagram. My meditation of Instagram shall be true. I will give thanks. Your meditation is not in the word. And therefore, you are carnal and you are weak. Because there's nothing. Amen, somebody? So when the Bible says love suffers long, when you are in a church, you will suffer. There's no perfect church. In fact, this church was perfect till you joined. Since you joined, it has suffered a lot of imperfections. 
Amen. What family is there that nobody steps on anybody's foot or toe? Your own biological family. Don't you have issues? Do you say that based on that, I'm changing my name? Based on that, I, I, I don't belong to this family anymore. You don't say that, but you do that in the church of God. Amen. What can you endure? Paul said you are not able to bear it. Neither were you even able to bear it. The ability to endure. Love suffers long. Long. You two, you have watched the movie. You see the boy coming to see the girl off at a railway station or the airport. They're going and then the music is playing in the film. I'm, I'm leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when I'll be back again. <laughs> this is love. Tell me that you wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. So Lady Reverend, that's love. And Lady Reverend, since I married, he doesn't hold me like he'll never let me go. He doesn't. Forgiveness. As they are walking there like that, they get to the place. The girl has to go through departure. The music is playing. All oh, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside the door. You don't know it, eh? Hmm. So, bye. Then the boy blows a kiss. And sees her off. And he doesn't even leave the airport. The girl is crying. Then the immigration officer, the flight attendant, whoever comes in. We have to go. It's like I can't go. Oh, stop it. I really can't go. Then after the plane is even in the air, the boy is driving home and then he just parks and he looks. Oh, Lufthansa. It's carrying my love. Jesus. So you marry this man, even an aeroplane, he has not seen it before. You have gone to watch all these movies and you are thinking that you will be passing at the airport, blowing kisses and things. I have a guy in church whose beloved told him, you know, when you call me, of course, of course, I don't like it. So nowadays, call me baby. This guy too is from KJT. I say, eh, I don't wear a collar. He's not romantic. But it doesn't mean he's not God's blessing for you. But because you don't process spiritually, you cannot see these things. So then you feel that love should be defined by the movies. But love is defined by God's word. Love suffers long. When you love your, your sheep, you will suffer long. When you love your pastor, you will suffer long. When you love, your, you love your fellow Christian, you will suffer long. When you love a spouse, you will suffer long. Amen. I was saying last week in our churches, I come on that. Sometimes people say, Oh, lady reverend, this girl, my wife, she doesn't respect me the way my secretary respects me. And I say, really, marry your secretary and see. Because you don't have financial discussions with the secretary. Whether you give her money, you don't give her money, is immaterial. You don't have parental discussions with the secretary. You don't have food issues with the secretary. You don't have future planning with the secretary. The secretary cannot say, why did you leave your towel here? Why did you leave the soap? All those aspects are not in. So you dis 
you are deceived. And you feel that, oh, how she respects and how she... Marry her and see. Amen! So if the Bible defines love as love suffers long, King James says love endures long. And Paul said, I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, because when I feed you, I cannot give you strong meat because you are not able to endure it. You are not able to bear it. What can you bear as a Christian? What can you bear and not change? What can you bear and still love God? What can you bear even amongst your tears and say, Lord, it's so hard. But because of your word, because of what you have said, I will just hang in there. Lord, it looks like everything is ashes. But you said you will give beauty for ashes. My eyes cannot see it. But because of the shield of faith, I look through the eyes of faith. Lord, I believe. Amen. If you don't endure, you will give up the call of God. If you don't endure, you will not walk with God for long. Because there will come difficult moments. Even the son of God. I always marvel because he rebuked Peter. When Peter said, oh, don't go and die. I said, you savor the things of men and not of God. Get thee behind me. That now when you get to the garden, you say to God, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Let this cup pass. And the anguish he was in, he was weeping. And drops of blood instead of sweating, drops of blood were coming from his body and he needed an angel to strengthen him. How much more you and I? And if God says, if the Bible says, if this cup, if it's possible, let this cup pass. If dying on the cross is a cup, then what you are going through is a teaspoon. Amen, somebody. But can you endure to see the glory of God? Can you obey God when it's not so nice? Can you obey God when it's difficult? Can you obey God when he says, let it go. The battle is mine and not yours. There be ubesi utoma. When my temper comes, no one can stop me. Hey, the Holy Ghost must be able to stop you. The word of God must be able to stop you. The minister of God must be able to stop you. But you, there's nothing that can stop you. You don't have any boundaries. How you feel, that's how you walk. The verse that says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Your verse is as many as are led by your feelings. Your feelings are your Lord, not Jesus. How you feel. And that makes you a babe and not spiritual. Amen, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, what have you been through? What have you survived? Amen. Paul also says that, verse 3, For ye are yet carnal, for us there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Amen. Paul says that the sign of carnality in our lives, in our churches, wherever we are, is envy. 
strife, and division. These three. These three show that you are not very spiritual. It doesn't mean it doesn't come to you as a temptation. It will. You are human. But when we allow the temptation to overcome us, that is the problem. Envy. Strife. It's envy that leads to strife. Strife is quarreling. Quarreling, dissension, strife. So envy, you, you first start by envying. Even politically, that's what happens. People look like they are united, but they are not. They are united against a common enemy, but amongst themselves, they are not united. Amen. So when there's strife, and that is why we must kill strife out of the church. We must recognize strife. We must recognize envy. Sometimes even because you are not the lead singer, you are not happy in the choir. Every day they call it to sing lead. What about me? My giftings are not being used here, really. When God will use you often, he hides you first. He hides you first. Amen. Jesus was hidden for 30 years before he started his ministry. Amen. Since the kingdom of God is like living which a woman hid. You hide. So God hides you. David was hidden. When Samuel came, all the prominent people were being called. Da, 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 da. They couldn't find David. You are hidden because a seed does well in the soil where it is hidden. And then it sprouts later. But if God says it's time, nobody can stand before him. Because David was not there. Samuel did not know him. But God says, no, 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 no. None of these. We are not sitting down to you go call the one at the backside of the desert. That is God. He called Moses from the backside of the desert. So when you are here, serve. Not with the motive that I always want to be the lead. And then dare us if we don't acknowledge you. Oh, Shawanda, you are wonderful. Oh, Shawanda, today you sang so beautifully. Oh, Shawanda, we have never seen anybody like you. If we forget one Sunday to show you gratitude, you are out of the door. Who are you serving? Who called you? Is it God or is it man? Envy. Envy about positions even in the church. Sometimes we serve God not because we want to serve him, but because of the prominence it will give us in the church. So whenever there's a change, oh, you brother, sit here for a while and let me, why? Why should they change? Think about it. What is really your motive? What is really, really, really? And God always tests us so that he can make us better. Amen. And then strife. Paul said that for as much as one of you is saying I'm from Apollos, this one says I'm from Paul, and this one says I'm for this other person, are you not carnal and behave as babes? So division is a sign of babies in a church. Amen. There's a pastor, then the pastor has a deputy. And then you say, oh, me, when the pastor preaches, I don't like, it's the deputy that I like. Are you not carnal? And speak as men? These people were fighting about Paul and Apollos. It's like, the church has become like a football team. Who do you support? Kotoko hearts. Who do you support? MPP or NDC? 
and it has come into the church. And that leads to division. And Paul is saying that when those things happen, it means you are dealing with carnal, unspiritual baby Christians. Amen. Don't worry, I'm running to the finishing line. I pray that, you see, most churches would have done better if we were loyal to God and to one another. But every time we allow the devil to bring division and then we split and then we go and then we split like that, it's not supposed to be like that. Hebrews 5 verse 12. I'm ending. Hebrews 5 verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat again. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a baby, but strong meat belongs to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen. Amen. Paul is telling us that there's a certain time in your life you ought to be a teacher of the word. For when you ought to be teachers, you have need that somebody teach you. Some of us, we have sat in the church and you have received, received, received. You have become the dead sea. The dead sea is the dead sea because it receives and it never gives anything. He said, Lady Reverend, me, I'm not a pastor. I'm not called. He was writing to ordinary Christians. Every ordinary Christian must bear fruit. Every ordinary Christian must be a teacher of God's word to some extent. For the time when you ought to be teachers... You have need that somebody teach you. And people say, oh, I'm not called. The Bible says many are called. Many includes you. Many. The body has many parts, many things we can do. But we always want others to teach us. But we never progress to become teachers or anything in the house of God. How come when it comes to the house of God, you don't have any ambition? When you are in the office, you know you have to write exams to be promoted, to be this, to be that. But in the house of God... As you came, you want to stay like that. At the time when you ought to be teachers, you have need that somebody else teach you. It's not supposed to be like that. Everybody in the church is a worker. In Lighthouse, everybody can give something to God. Amen. Everybody can be used by God to do something. And it is when you are idle. That you have time to bring strife and division because you'll be talking. But when you are busy, you won't have time for such things. And then also when you are busy, you appreciate your pastor better. You appreciate ministry better. Because when you have to prepare to preach, you say, Hey, Adia no sanity. Adia no sanity. Lady Reverend, even my small choir or ministry, only five people. But when I get up to preach, my hands go like this. So when you see your pastor say, I see you being lifted up by God. Say, Shale, my pastor is anointed. What brought that revelation? What you have been through. But when you do nothing, you say, oh. I saw you here. I saw you here. I saw you here. I saw you here. I 
at the time when you ought to be teachers, you have need that somebody teach you. The basic principles. Amen. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Lastly, everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. The next sign of being unspiritual and the last is that you cannot handle the word of God. You don't have a skill in handling the word. You don't have a skill in knowing what applies to you. You don't have a skill in knowing what applies to this situation. You don't have a skill to know how to even search the scriptures, study the scriptures, meditate on the scriptures, and make you grow. You are unskillful in the word of righteousness. That makes you a baby. And being a baby makes you carnal. Hmm. Everyone that uses milk, but strong meat, belongs to those who are full age. Those who have exercised themselves. The more you use the word of God, the more your muscles grow. The more you use the word of God, the more your muscles grow. And the Bible says when you have exercised yourself in the word of God, to discern between good and evil, then are you a spiritual person. Amen. When you become spiritual, you become attractive. Amen. The Bible says you become like the tree and the birds of the air come and fill in it. I pray that today you will become spiritually attractive. You are using Christian Dior, you are using Yves Saint Laurent, you are using Tulale, it's time to use the fragrance of the Lord on you, which will make you also attractive. Amen. The first thing in carnality is how you think. We need to process properly according to the word of God. I pray that this morning you will rise up from babyhood and to spirituality. Stand up, everybody. I pray that you will move from milk to real meat that is tough. That you will endure. That you will grow and you will be mature. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Stand to your feet, everybody. Just speak to God. It's not just a formality. Speak to God concerning the word you have heard. Speak to God concerning what you think you should do. Speak to God and say like Esther, change the way I think. May I think in accordance with your word. May I think in accordance with the things you say. Change my mind with the scripture and with your word. Lord, I'm no longer going to be a babe. But I'm going to rise up in this church to be fruitful and to affect other lives. Talk to God.
You've just finished hearing this message and I cannot leave you without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to say, Lady Reverend Adley, pray for me. I don't know whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I'm not sure of where I will go or my destination. I want to make things right with God. I want to start afresh with God. I want Jesus to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. If you want to have Jesus as the Lord of your life, I just want to invite you to say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Take my life and come inside and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for coming to die for me, Jesus. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. And thank you that by this prayer, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus, come in and be Lord of my life. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the CDs and DVDs advertised on today's program, or to find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.